and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real-life HR situations we face every day. On today's episode, I've invited Gadir Laws to join me to talk about supporting employees' well-being in a remote work environment. Gadir is one of our dedicated HR business partners, and she's aligned to our product and technology part of the organization and has over 10 years' experience in the HR space. Gadir, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. So let's jump right in. I've been thinking and talking a lot in the month of January about focusing around well-being. And one of the topics I wanted to dig into this month is how we can support our remote workforce. You know, we've covered in previous episodes how to manage a team, but I wanted to dig a little bit deeper in this episode specifically about employees. And with your background in working with a mostly and now fully remote working population, I thought you'd be a great place to start. So let's start with this question. What challenges have you seen amplified for the remote workforce during the pandemic? Um, So wellness and mental health are so important to me as two focus areas, uh, not only in my work life, but in my personal life. Uh, So when thinking about the pandemic and its relation to overall stress when it comes to the workplace, we're always hearing about tips and tricks and, you know, how to survive, right? So I would preface by saying I can give you a thousand things to say and to do and to think about, but ultimately you need to hold yourself accountable, Um, really creating that discipline and boundaries with what works for you. So when thinking about these challenges and how to overcome them, you need to be thinking about that. So you had asked me what challenges I seen amplified and kind of brought up with the remote work and the pandemic, and I would break it down in two sort of categories. So either you're, we're always remote and you don't really see much of a change, or you're newly 100% remote or even a blended remote, and this is like a whole new world for you. So in this case, um, I'll focus more on like just the newly remote. So when you think about connecting remotely for meetings, especially when people don't always share their camera, which is totally fine, it's hard to see those physical cues in meetings. So when people want to speak up or they have questions, sometimes you miss those things, unlike in an in-person meeting, right? Um, So people in those hybrid meetings can easily be forgotten or talked over. um, And as a facilitator of that meeting, it's important to just take those several pauses between points or topics to allow for absorption of the information, allow for discussion, right, that back and forth, um, and clarifying questions to be asked. Super simple, right, when you think about it. Just one of those things that you need to kind of put into play. A concept that is not new is someone being introverted and extroverted and obviously needing to treat them a little bit differently. So introverts may need time to absorb and may not always have comments right in that moment. So taking time to send the agenda in advance or check in with people after meetings to to get that post-meeting follow-up can sometimes be super helpful. So overall for this one, really taking the time to really connect with people and making sure that they're heard, I think is super important. Yeah, I I have seen this come to life in a lot of different ways as Mm -hmm. uh, remote work continues to uh, be drawn out just in a different way than it ever has before. Uh, So I like those ideas of thinking about, you know, how can you, how can you create that environment where you can really focus on mental health and think about some of the things that are important. You know, one of the things that I've really missed Mm -hmm. uh, not going into the office is that, that commute. (laughs) Yeah. That was my time for, you know, podcasts or audiobooks. So what suggestions do you have to help start to create a virtual commute for yeah. the remote? 
Absolutely. So for me, by the way, I do not miss the commute. I drove really far. So it's actually kind of nice to not have the commute. But for people who typically drive anywhere from like 15 minutes to an hour or so to get to work, that time is typically used for people to kind of mentally prepare for the day or, you know, on the way home to just decompress from the day. Um, So filling in that time would normally be, you know, that transition of to or from work should be applied at home too. Um, So that could mean, like you're saying, listening to a podcast, which let's obviously broadcast this one um, and market this one, or listening to a book or working out or meditating, right? Any of those types of things. So if you typically leave at like seven o'clock for the day, you know, to start your commute, that's when you should start your transition. So, you know, same with the end time. If you're done for five, you know, at five uh, for the day, use that 15 minutes to an hour to transition out of work using those same techniques. I love that. I think practically... Um, it leads right into my next question because I keep hearing about, you know, work-life harmony, but creating boundaries needs to be a high priority right now so that you can continue to be successful. What have you done to encourage your groups to build in those boundaries and potentially how have they had those conversations with um, those at home or their manager or those kinds of things? Great question. Um, Obviously, everything's different with the pandemic. And with the pandemic, you're seeing those boundaries really being blurred by different schedules. And again, the loss of commute, like we talked about. And not to mention some of the people who uh, are managing remote learning responsibilities as a parent. Like, how tough is that? So you aren't typically seeing that nine to five anymore. So employees are working when they can. You know, deliverables and performance are based more on like outcomes versus like the timing of when they're actually done. Uh, For me, I find that with two kids who are a three-year-old and a seven-month-old, my ideal schedule is like eight to four, and then I turn on my mom duty. We're getting baths done and food and all that kind of crazy stuff. And then I try to pop, you know, back back online sometimes in the evening to kind of prepare myself for the next day. So this works for me and my family and my employer. Um, So what I would say here is that, again, this works for me and my employer. So create a schedule that works for you and your teams and, and protect that schedule. Um, What I mean by protecting that schedule is we're all obviously at home for the most part with the pandemic. So one of the like most hidden ways of blurring those boundary lines is that you may not even realize what you're doing, but when you're bored and at home and, you know, find yourself kind of scrolling through your email, you are blurring that line, right? You're not creating that boundary. You're not separating that work and home space. So aside from that coming, like becoming a 12-hour workday for you before you even know it, what does that say to the people on the other side of that email? Is it setting an expectation that they respond or that they, you know, work the same hours that you do? Everybody has a different lifestyle. Everybody has a different life situation going on, right? So setting that expectation um, is something you want to think about when you're actually doing stuff like that. Um, I guess a final thought is don't be afraid to say no. And I don't mean like being insubordinate. I mean, keeping an open line of communication with your team or your manager to talk about like realistic deadlines and what is the best use of time. So ask questions and challenge professionally. I think another thing I would add to that in my own life is I've had to set some pretty clear boundaries Mm -hmm. when I'm home. And the way I've done that is it's really hard to tell your family, okay, between eight and four, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Right. So you, you do need to be realistic with those boundaries too. So for me, I have boundaries around specific, specific things like I'm recording a podcast. I need it to be quiet for an hour. Yep. Um, so making sure that you're communicating those types of things with those in your family, I think helps if, if they know, Hey, these are meetings where 
I can be interrupted where they'd love to see, you know, your smiling face on the Zoom. Yeah. And these are meetings that, you know, I need to be, um, I need to be quiet. Yeah. I love that. I, uh, I recently was talking to somebody just prior to, to jumping on to record this about, um, mental health and some of the things that we've seen, um, in, in the female space specifically, we were talking about, you know, there's a, a rash of, of people who have, um, gone and gotten bangs or have shaved their, (laughs) um, just those big, you know, things where, um, you know, you you stare at yourself all day and you're, you're worried about your mental health. And so you do these things that are, you know, drastic, but not dangerous. Um, and I think about how big of a concern that is right now and what Mm -hmm. we can do to help support employees. And I know this is something that you've been thinking a lot about. So how have you helped, you know, what are areas that, that you've, um, encouraged your managers to think about in that mental health space and really supporting employees right now? So you can't necessarily physically see when someone is showing signs of burnout. So when you're in the office, you can see if someone isn't physically looking well or maybe is more agitated or more quiet than usual. Um, If you think about like seasonal depression and how it's hitting a lot of people, even people who it doesn't typically affect. Um, So for me, living in the Midwest, it's like dark by four. Uh, So really thinking about my workspace and how my day is spent is important. Um, so with the workspace, so if you think about your workspace, do you have the cutest little workspace with all your organizers, your snacks, your Keurig machine, all the things? For me, I have tons of snacks. I love snacks. Um, but now think about this workspace and how it could actually affect your mental health. Like, are you using your left hand to make the coffee while your right hand kind of continues to type? Um, so having all this good stuff at your fingertips literally could be doing you a disservice. Like in an office, you should be able to take the time to get up, go take a walk, go get a coffee. Um, and then if you think about for your meetings, you're taking your laptop, you're going to another space to have that meeting. Um, so you're not stuck in your workspace with all the things kind of right near you. Also thinking about meetings in general, can they be walking meetings? So if you're thinking about, are you actually going to be sharing your screens? Because it, could it be something you're just, you know, having a quick phone call about versus showing your camera and doing all the things sort of the formal way? So sometimes that can help with some of the Zoom fatigue that everybody seems to be experiencing. Um, so how to spend your day kind of thinking about that too. Do you find yourself sort of staring at your computer all day till dark? Um, so setting up meetings for different times during the day is also super important for me. So I try to have a couple hours, you know, where I can, you know, throughout the week during the day that I can actually go sit up on my couch and like by a window versus sitting downstairs and, you know, my workspace in my basement that doesn't really have any windows. Um, So that's super important to me. And then when it comes to specifically meeting timelines, um, does each one really have to be a full hour? Can you set it up for 20 minutes versus 30 minutes or even 45 minutes versus a full hour? So being mindful of like your time and other people's time, making sure that they get breaks too. Um, One other thing I want to call it is like cameras. Obviously, super important to be able to see other people, but to allow for breaks to not share your camera always. So to not always pay attention to that, that takes away from some of the strength and energies that people have. There's a couple meetings that I have with a couple of coworkers too, that if we're just kind of connecting one-on-one, talking about something that's maybe not so serious, just kind of like a brainstorming meeting, I'll pull out some laundry and I'll fold it. Like I'm able to kind of get some of that stuff done during the day too. Depends on your employer, right? What does that culture look like? But for me, I'm able to kind of get my mind off of some stuff, able to stand up a little bit too. So just thinking about stuff like that, that you're maybe able to incorporate into your day. Um, The last thing I think is like spending time just connecting to say hello and see how people are doing versus just connecting for like business purposes, right? I think that's important. And that's a good way for you to kind of detect 
that burnout, right? So watching for negativity and frustration and things of that nature. So just a couple things, you know, for you to kind of step back and and think about with your workspace and how you spend your day. I love all of those ideas, <laughs> um, especially the folding laundry one. <laughs> Not thought of that. Um, I always tell the other person, to be fair on the call, like, do you mind if I do this? But it's just a nice way for me to stand up and kind of fold while we're chatting, right? If it's not a super serious subject and I'm not sharing my screen, you know, I think it's important to be able to kind of do that stuff too. Yeah. And if you're, if you're thinking about from, you know, a a larger employer perspective, what are some things that you can do for your organization? I know we've talked about this before, um, but exploring things like flex scheduling, job sharing, stretch assignments, all those things can help um, with some of that fatigue in the role or fatigue mm-hmm. in um, some of the day-to-day stuff. So I, I really I really encourage you to explore those ideas if that's something that your business can do. Okay, so as we get to the end of our time here, you know, I, I've been thinking and talking about mental health. In fact, at the end of last year, I did a webinar with Kate Grimaldi mm-hmm. around year-end for HR. And one of the things that we talked about was... Um, HR well-being and having a practice of gratitude. You know, our internal HR leadership team here has that as part of our our monthly leadership meetings as we spend time in in a gratitude exercise. Um, But Gadir, I'm going to ask you this question personally to share with those in HR that are listening. You know, how have you worked through some of the same things our employees are dealing with all while continuing to support, you know, others from an HR perspective? Absolutely. Um, So even on the product and tech side, uh, the SVP had put out a little note on what are you reading? Um, So we did that with one of the community groups and I found that to be super fun. Um, And it wasn't all related to product and tech. It was just, you know, tons of different books that people are reading, kind of opened it up. You tagged other people. So it's just nice to kind of connect with people on things that you don't typically connect with them on. So that's always nice to add that flavor. Um, But in general, like the pandemic has been really rough on people and we've lost so many lives, of course. Um, But on the flip side, the pandemic has also allowed for me to understand what the majority of my team deals with uh, being remote, so more kind of educated and able to provide that better support. But for me personally, I was able to kind of see some good out of it. And despite losing a family member myself, I was able to spend so much time with my kids that I wouldn't have typically been able to spend with them. I've been able to really see them grow up this year um, and be present in their lives that I wouldn't, again, be able to, to do. And at the same time, I was lucky enough to continue a career that I really love. So like with most things, there's good and bad, and it's really just kind of what you make of it. And remember, we're all kind of just going through this together. Definitely going through it together. Yeah. Uh, I have found for me, spending time um, connecting with people that I have collaborated with on projects, but on a more personal level, um, has been a really positive part of this. Mm-hmm. So that we are on camera and we are seeing into people's home lives um, and either little ones or things in people's backgrounds or um, topics mm-hmm. of conversation now. So uh, I appreciate those tips and your experience. Yeah in working with the remote workforce um, and enjoyed our time together. Thanks for joining me, Gadir. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, I encourage you to contact NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. They are the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization dedicated to building better lives for the millions of Americans affected by mental illness. You can reach them through their helpline at 800 800- 950 N A M I or 
If this is a crisis situation, you can text NAMI to 741741. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.